The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic, Dynamic pet, pet Duo. Okay, welcome to the Pet Buzz, our weekly Best in Pet Talk radio show. I'm petronologist Charlotte Reed. And you know, I got to tell you, I do you ever ask yourself, what were you thinking? So as you know, I love animals, but I got roped into taking care of my neighbor's dogs. So I've always had multiple pets that includes dogs, cats and birds and rabbits. And at the same time, my animals have always had a very strict regime of care. That's feeding and walking early in the morning, you know, same thing in the evening, in the early evening and a late night walk at a certain time. But uh, and when I've been away, I've always had my mother who had similar pet care rearing philosophies. That's obviously where I got it from. Or I've had a professional pet care provider or I've sent the dogs and cat to a kennel in the country where my friend owned. But when you take care of someone else's animals, you realize it's a huge responsibility because you really have to adapt into the dog's routine. You have to fit yourself into what they do. And you have to deal with these animals' special needs. I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. It could be eating schedule. It could be wandering off leash. It could be pulling out of a collar. It could be using wee-wee pads in the house. I've had experience doing this because I've owned one of the largest pet care companies in New York for many, many years. But this week was crazy. I had a bunch of TV shows. I've had contracts and writing commitments to review and to write. And I also have three of my own dogs and my cat. And all I can say is never. (laughs) All I can say is now it's time to kick off the show with the weekly countdown. So in four in segment four, Patty Strand, the founder of the National Animal Interest Alliance, joins us to talk about the Center for Diseases Control ban on dogs from 113 countries. And three in segment three, we talk about back to work preparedness for pandemic pets. Learn how to reduce your stress and theirs as you head back to the workforce. And in two, in this portion of the show, I dish about celebrity pet buzz and and Flex Facts. Dr. Flex talks about unexpected summer dangers. And in segment one, joining us today is Dr. Katherine Gherkin, who is board certified by the American College of Veterinary Emergency and Critical Care. Currently, she is an assistant clinical professor of the Auburn University Emergency and Critical Care Service with the Department of Clinical Sciences. She is here to discuss heat stroke, a common issue that all caring pet owners should be aware of as the temperatures soar across the country. Hello, Dr. Gherkin. Welcome to the Pet Buzz. We're so happy you're here. Hello, and thanks so much for having me. Can't, yeah. I'm just, I can't wait to talk about this. You know, and this is such a timely topic. So I think I'm going to ask you, can you review what exactly is heat stroke and what are the main predisposing factors of heat stroke? That's a great question because uh, heat stroke is a little bit different than just, you know, heat exhaustion, which is when you get a little like dizzy uh, from being too hot and kind of just needing to cool off a little bit. Heat stroke is actually the culmination of your body not being able to uh, get rid of excess heat any longer. So you and I, we have the ability to to sweat 
And so our body is actually very good at getting rid of excess heat by sweating off all that heat through all the little water uh, particles on our, on our skin. But dogs and cats, you know, they're covered in fur and so they can't actually sweat. So they pant to get rid of that heat. Um, and so if they get too hot, they can't effectively get rid of heat as easily as we do. And they ultimately end up collapsing from that excess heat. Uh, and that's what leads to that stroke side of things, the heat stroke. So I guess because I have English toy spaniels, I'm kind of curious what kind of pets are more likely to suffer from heat stroke? I think we always kind of jump to jump the gun here and we always think of those smushy face animals, um, the ones that we call brachycephalic. So we think about, you know, our spaniels, we think about pugs, we think about our Boston Terriers, um, even the bigger animals like the boxers. But it's not just the smushy face dogs. We also have to think about older animals um, that may have some respiratory difficulties. So uh, some of our Labrador and Golden owners might have heard of something called laryngeal paralysis, where uh, their vocal cords essentially are starting to kind of get older and aren't working as well and can't protect their airway. And so when they get hot, since those flaps aren't working as well, then they kind of collapse and they prevent air from moving as well. And again, that's gonna prevent that panting mechanism that allows them to cool off. Uh, small breed dogs, ones that have things like tracheal collapse where their, their inner um, air tube isn't working as well, are gonna have the same issue where they're just not able to move air as easily. This isn't just dogs though. Remember that our kitty friends also have a little smushy friend uh, our Persians, Himalayans, you know, they're beautiful cats, but they also get overheated really well and they get stressed very, uh, very easily. And, and so have we have to lots of fur too. Oh my gosh. So much fur. I think I would have to spend the entire day just brushing them out. I would also think pets, dogs and cats with heart conditions would have a hard time too. Yes. Yes. So they kind of go hand in hand. So uh, the pets that have heart disease are a lot of times much more easily um, predisposed to having respiratory issues. Uh, if they start panting, it makes their heart work harder and then they have to uh, kind of compensate for that and it makes them more likely to go into congestive heart failure. That congestive heart failure makes it more difficult to breathe and it's a vicious cycle that they go into. Yeah, I'm specifically thinking about the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel because so many people have Cavaliers. I mean, I have a cousin at the Cavalier. I have um, English toys. So yeah, these conditions, like you said, they all kind of go hand in hand. Okay. So let's talk basic symptoms of heat stroke. This is actually something that we train our, um, our police officers and uh, our military to look for in our working dogs, because those are dogs that are exposed to high stress, uh, and highly active lifestyles. They're in enclosed environments on a regular basis because they're traveling around in police vehicles or in military vehicle vehicles on a regular basis. And so uh, just like those working dogs are in those environments on a regular basis, we have to uh, kind of consider our pets, not necessarily as working dogs, but we want to be looking for those same kind of symptoms. We want to be looking for are, is my pet getting kind of tired very quickly? Are they not really wanting to get up and go out? Are they kind of nauseous? Are they licking their lips a lot? 
Do they actually vomit? Are they having um, some runny stools? So if you suspect that your dog or cat has heat stroke and is showing those signs, what can you do to alleviate it uh, until you possibly can get to a vet? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing you can do is actually try and cool the animal off. Um, And until you're able to get to a veterinary, one of the easiest things you can do is actually just uh, wet their fur down. Um, And so what that does is it allows for the heat to dissipate from the water um, that's contacting their fur. And you want to get it down all the way to the skin level. Um, Sometimes some of these animals actually have multiple fur coats. So you think about huskies, mm-hmm. you think about uh, the malamutes. Yep. And uh, it, it feels like you're getting them wet, but then actually all the water is just on the top coat. Um, and you think about some of our water breeds too. The retrievers are really good about having water run off the top of their coat, but you're not actually getting them wet at all. It's very frustrating. I think a lot of us have had the task of trying to give those guys a bath and you're just like, why, why are they not getting wet? <laughs> um, <laughs> and so you really wanna actually focus on getting their skin wet, not just the fur. Such Thanks. great advice. So thank you so much for joining Absolutely. us, Dr. Gherkin. Thanks for having me. It's been a joy. We're gonna have you back. We, we love you. We're gonna have, definitely have you back. Well, to learn more about Dr. Gherkin, visit vetmed.auburn. Dot edu. And to learn more about heat stroke, check out our blog. Dr. Gherkin has a piece on thepetbuzz.com. And up next, Celebrity Pet Buzz and, of course, Flex Facts. For the full-length, unedited video versions of all of our interviews, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel. You're listening to The Pet Buzz. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Tever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. And the best part is you can get Tever Pet flea and tick topicals delivered right to your door when you shop on TeverPet.com. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz. As you know, the show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. So U.S. President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden announced the death of Champ, the German shepherd dog who had been with them for 13 years. The president wrote on Twitter, our family lost our loving companion Champ today. I will miss him. The arrival of Champ and Major, a three-year-old rescue dog the Bidens adopted in 2018, marked the return of pets to the White House after a hiatus under former President Donald Trump. We are so sorry for their loss. We know what it's like to lose pets. But on a happier note, Super cutie Bubba Wallace has a new gig. The NASCAR driver and his DoorDash sponsor are excited about DoorDash's new partnership with PetSmart. The companies are joining forces to offer an on-demand delivery of pet supplies and accessories, a step that should make life a lot easier for plenty of pet parents out there. Offered at more than 1,500 PetSmart locations nationwide, the new joint venture will allow consumers to order pet products for same-day delivery through DoorDash's app, or the website, as well as through PetSmart's website. Wouldn't it be great if Bubba showed up to drop off your pet necessities? I would love that. I don't think I would even let him out. I'd have to take selfies and pictures with him and the dogs and call my friends. It would be great. So if you like NASCAR, definitely check out the DoorDash, PetSmart, Bubba Wallace, new arrangement to get your pet products to you very quick. And now what you've been waiting for, Flex Fact. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! It's going to take long. You got the time. So, Dr. Fleck, what's the topic for the day? Unexpected summer dangers. Okay, great. So, talk to me. So, let's start out by discussing pets who love to swim and love summer. It's the perfect time of the year for dogs and some cats who love to swim, not only in the pool, lake, streams, Gulf or the ocean, but it's also a great time of the year for them to get bacterial infections. Ugh. Never ever let your pet go swimming in water if she has an open wound. Common bacteria like cyanobacteria, giardia, and E. coli love lukewarm water. Also, be sure your pet doesn't drink any potentially infected water by always carrying plenty of clean drinking water and portable water bowls with you. And if you have a pool, ingestion of chlorine and other pool chemicals, they can cause some stomach distress and other problems for your pets also. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Even drinking from saltwater pools can be hazardous for animals who may have kidney problems, heart disease, and simply shouldn't be ingesting these substances. Okay. So what's up next? Next Uh, up. Uh, uh, snakes, venomous snakes in particular. Summer is one of the most active seasons of the year for snakes, and they prefer to be out during the coolest parts of the day, much like you and your pet. So that's early in the morning and in the later and, in the evening and, and the early after the late afternoon, early evening. Yes. OK, so outdoor cats and off leash dogs are the most at risk of being bitten. But any pet who walks or plays in a wooded or high grass area is really vulnerable. Walk loudly, stay alert, and always keep an emergency vet in your contact list just in case. Okay. So to learn more about the snakes in your area, visit venombite.com. And that's V-E-M-O-N-B-Y-T-E. 
com. Okay, so let's talk grooming because that's really important in the summer. It really is important in the summer. So while many pet owners are tempted to shave their dogs for the summer, this isn't necessarily a good idea. That's what you always say. That's right. So too close of a trim leaves them more susceptible to sunburns and skin cancer, as well as coat funk. Just to remind you that our hair-bearing dogs, such as Poodles, Shih Tzus, Maltese, Slash Opsos, and Yorkies. Lhasa Opsos. That's what I said. They need to have their hair cut on a regular basis. These breeds of dog can be shaved, but fur-bearing or double-coated dogs, such as the Malmute, Kishan, Siberian, the Samoyed, Pomeraniums, Chows, Labradors, and Golden Retrievers, these drugs' hair grows to one length only and remains that length. They typically shed much more than hair-bearing dogs. These breeds generally should not be shaved. There are a myriad of skin diseases under the category of coat funk, which is the result of shaving them down sometimes, that are either caused by or triggered by the shave down, including permanent diseases such as Black skin disease, alopecia, X, sebaceous adenitis, and post-shaving or post-clipping alopecia. That's a lot of them. Particularly high risk is the spritz breeds. So don't shave your dogs down. All professional groomers should warn you of the risk. Okay. And any more unexpected dangers? Bees and those stinging bugs. Ugh. Just like people, some pets are allergic to bees and not just simple allergies. But some animals are actually susceptible to anaphylactic shock as a result of the insect sting that can cost them their life. Bees are particularly active in the spring and in the summer, and their nests can feel irresistible for curious, wet noses. And of course, vulnerable to paws for bees foraging in the ground. So if your pet has never been stung by a bee, use extreme caution when in the vicinity. When stung, though, always monitor your dog or cat closely for signs of trouble breathing or excessive swelling, which can be be life-threatening. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So when in doubt, call your vet. Just call your vet anyway. That's what I I always recommend. And And one more thing. Don't forget to have your pet wear current ID tags. So important. Great point. Don't forget we got thunderstorms and fireworks that can cause your pets to get scared and run away especially if they're outside. So make sure your pet's current ID includes your cell phone. Also make sure you are registered with a microchip directory. The directory also has your current information also. Okay. Now, this is a key. If you have adopted a pet, which has a chip from a rescue organization, just make sure your information is current. And if your pet goes missing, make sure you notify that pet rescue organization. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. In this circumstance, many pets have been found rehomed, and unfortunately, ownership disputes have arisen, which can lead to heartbreak and costly legal bills. Huh. Wow. That's something you think about. Well, anyway, anything else, Dr. Fleck? That's all the Flex facts for the week. Okay. Great facts, Dr. Fleck. Stick around more of the pet buzz very soon, but you can't wait for my I Likey of the Week.
You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws, for the long, healthy life of your dog. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. (laughs) I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm Petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. You know, with 4th of July right here, right now, we want to keep our pets calm, cool, of course, and collected. So moreover, thunderstorms, fireworks, loud parties, and other emergencies can really frighten pets. So to keep them calm and safe, treat them with CBD Living Peanut Butter Calming Support Chews. These soft-baked, delicious chews, now I have to tell you, I know they're delicious because I ate them myself, are made with natural, human-grade ingredients. The company CBD is combined with a proprietary technology that provides pets with a fast-onset calmness. Additionally, the calming chews aid in digestion using prebiotics and probiotics and vegetable-based enzymes for a healthier experience with the product. Each treat contains about 10 milligrams of CBD and there are 30 treats in the bag. So that's 300 milligrams of CBD in the whole bag, suitable for all canines. And unlike giving human CBD products to your pet, CBD living pet products are specially designed to solve problems uniquely suited to animals. From tinctures, chews, gel caps, and salves, CBD living pet products are an all-natural way to help your pet manage anxiety, pain, and inflammation. And of course, more. To learn more about CBD Living Pet products, visit cbdlivingpet.com. And that leads me to my next topic. How can pet parents go back to work while pets are at home? And in most cases, home alone. So this past week, I taped 
TV segments for CBS 8 Las Vegas and on ABC Sarasota on just this topic. And I want to share some of my tips with you just in case you're looking for some guidance about going back to the office and are worried about your pet. And besides that, you guys have written so many questions about how just to do this. How do you guys are struggling with these problems? So I, I want to give you some help. So, you know, both dogs and cats are creatures of habit. And if you've been home with them during the pandemic, they've gotten used to having you around all day. So before going going back to work, you need to have a gentle transition that can help establish a routine that is critical for their well-being and their long-term happiness. I mean, that's what it's all about and having no anxiety and making it stress-free for them. So Sasha from Sarasota, Florida wrote, what's the best way to implement a workday routine? So you want to introduce a new workday routine, which includes feeding, watering, and walking as you would expect when you return to work. So introduce a consistent departure schedule that builds on that routine. You don't want to have any big goodbyes or any big hellos when you return. Okay. So Nancy from Montana wanted to know, how can you prepare them for a day alone? Well, Nancy, before leaving you know, you want to engage your dog in some vigorous play or physical activity. So uh, and that also depends on obviously your weather. So consider taking him or her for a morning walk or run, playing fetch or even retrieving uh, or even, you know, reviewing dog training commands. And for cats, a fishing pole toy works great because they're on their hind legs. They're moving their paws. They're batting. You want to really just keep pets moving. This way, they're burning off energy that can really help keep them calm and relaxed for longer periods while you're gone. You know, if you want to use treats as a ward for a positive, like, reinforcement uh, training re uh, regime, that always, I think, uh, works really well. And then once you get home, always remain calm. You know, let him or her, your dog or cat, just sniff you, you know, if they jump on you, just tell them to get down. And like I said, it's all about being the chill. It's all about being the chill. And then also later on in the evening, you know, do a little bit more walking and exercising. Okay. So Beth, Beth from Southern California wanted to know, how do you reduce your pet's anxiety while you are at work? Well, Beth, that's a great question because a lot of people don't know this, but 70% of dogs suffer from anxiety. My best advice, practice short departures without long goodbyes, like I said before. If you see signs of anxiety occur, such as destructive activity, a lot of uh, inappropriate elimination, don't punish your pet, but consider giving him some calming CBD you know, sobs, tincture, chews. That's always important. And then we have Debbie from New Jersey from uh, I think it's Arlington, New Jersey, Arlington Heights. She writes, how do you keep them engaged while you're gone for the day? Well, you know, that's a great question, uh, Debbie. So you want to keep them engaged while you're gone. So long lasting treats, you know, like you stuff cream cheese and peanut butter in a Kong. That's great. And freeze it. And then you give it to them. Food puzzles uh, that you could have a meal or treats in and automatic feeders can help keep pets occupied during the day. You know, hire a dog walker or a cat sitter if necessary. Dog walkers and pet sitters need to go back to work, too. They have not worked in, you know, more than a year, just like you. OK, so Joe from New York City wrote, what can you do to make them feel safe when you leave the house? Well, I always say a crate is a great tool to create a safe space. So if you typically use a crate while you were gone during the day, but have stopped while at home, now's a good time to introduce that crate and gradually leaving your pet in it for an increasing length of time. But you don't want to leave your pet in the crate for eight hours. 
you know, you can even consider a calming a bed to reducing his or her anxiety. A calming bed can be used for dogs and cats. It's usually a donut style bed. It's really soft, fluffy material. I'll make sure you, there's one. You can see a picture of one on our social media channels and they're really soft and the pets can burrow and dig deep. So they're kind of nice and they really love them. You know, you could spray them with lavender spray. So I think that's always a great thing to do. Okay, so Beth, Beth from upstate New York, she wanted to know what kind of background noise can keep your pet's company while you're out? Well, Beth, you know, that's another great question. I always say leave on the TV, the radio or sound machine, you know, with some of that water trickling. That's always nice to provide some company while you're away. So you can also play some classical music uh, and some manufactured pet music. Studies have shown that classical music, even reggae, not rock and roll, can help ease your pet's stress. Okay. And lastly, if you need help with your stressed or anxious pet, you know, one of the greatest things that you can do is you could talk to your veterinarian. He is your link. He is your pet's health advisor. So concerns about behavior, stress, health, and well-being may require a consultation with uh, your dog's veterinarian, or he or she may refer you to a veterinary behaviorist. Okay, so uh, up next, a Global Pet News and our next guest, Patty Strand. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after a commercial break. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm petrologist Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. There are many reasons that you might have to shelter at home with your pets, such as unsafe air quality, dangerous roads, and or high winds and flying debris, but you have to be prepared. So here are some suggestions. Make sure your pet's inside. If it's unsafe for you to be outside, it's unsafe for him too. Know the location of your pet's emergency go bag. It should have already been stocked with extra food, water, first aid kit, and other essentials your pet needs. Take your pet with you to a room that's safe. The room's location is based on whether you are sheltering from a hurricane, earthquake, tornado, flood, or blizzard. If there's a wildfire, it's best to take your pet and leave the premises immediately. Bring a battery-operated radio to ensure that you can get updates from emergency officials, even if the power goes out and your phone or internet connection or down. If time allows, move your pet's favorite bed or blanket to your safe room so that you can make him as comfortable as possible until the threat passes. Since pets can get restless if cooped up inside in one room, bring items to keep them engaged, such as toys, games, and learning activities. Make sure your pet has a place to relieve himself. Keeping puppy pee pads on hand can be useful for this purpose, as can potty training your dog to go indoors. Have a few disposable litter boxes for cats, too. Make sure to have cleaning supplies on hand in case of an accident. Keep your pet away from the windows. Debris may be flying around during a storm due to high winds. In fact, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention says that flying debris is the most common cause of injury during a hurricane. Be ready for you and your pet to leave at a moment's notice. Keep your dog's leash, crate, or carrier and any necessarily travel gear near the exit. For cats, have a carrier or pop-up shelter and other essentials. Once gone, you can refer to your emergency evacuation plan. 
You know, pets know when there's panic in the air, so try to remain as calm as possible. This is pet trendologist Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. Stay safe. Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. I love two things, sports and my dog Chester. Where I go, he goes. To the beach, to play soccer, everywhere. We spend a lot of time together in the sun, so I always carry a can of EpiPet sunscreen. So Chester is protected from the sun's harmful UV rays. I just spray it on and I don't have to worry. Chester is protected, so I know my sports buddies can be with me for a long time. Thanks, EpiPet. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. Well, I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to say it all the time. We're urban. Suburban. And and country. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. If you don't know this, cats are widely beloved in the city of Istanbul in Turkey, where there's a long history of these animals being revered for their hunting prowess that stretches way back to the Ottoman Empire in the 1400s. This love of felines remains really strongly tied to the local culture. And today you'll find thousands of stray cats freely roaming the streets of the city, believe it or not, with citizens often tending to the animals, providing them with water, food, shelter. That's not to say it's entirely safe environment for these uh, these these kitties. However, as news has just leaked out, it was revealed that a man was recently detained and fined for killing kittens and eating them. I mean, that sounds so gross. Well, according to the police, the man was Japanese. He was a Japanese national in his 30s from Tokyo who was residing in Istanbul. He was detained on June 14th after a local resident saw him taking five kittens in a bucket home. The person who contacted the authorities said that he asked the man where he was taking the kittens and that man told him to leave the kittens where they were. The man didn't respond and silently took the kittens into the building. Police say the man was detained and fined the equivalent of 130,000 yen after admitted to killing and eating five kittens caught in the neighborhood. I mean, who does that? Well, he's currently at an immigration facility awaiting deportation. So locals who have been caring for the mother cat before she had the kittens two months ago are said to be in shock at the news. And even people in Japan have also been expressing their dismay, their discontent. Animal rights activists say cruelty against animals is becoming an increasing concern in Istanbul, where there's no threat of imprisonment for killing strays as they're classified, get this, as commodities rather than legal beings. The Turkish parliament presently is working on a draft law in order to change this. However, it would result in harsher penalties and a safer environment for the beloved cats of Istanbul. Hopefully they're going to work sooner and faster so these cats can be protected. Now let's talk about new laws concerning Americans and animals. Our next guest is holding on the phone. Ah, there's the ring. 
And she's ready to talk about the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's temporarily banning dogs from being imported from more than 113 countries because of a risk of rabies. This ban goes into effect July 14th. Joining us today is Patty Strand, the founder of the National Animal Interest Alliance, a broad-based mainstream nonprofit animal welfare organization dedicated to encouraging high standards of animal care and treatment and to preserve the human-animal bond. Patty, welcome back to the Pet Buzz. We're always happy to have you on the show. And it's nice to be back again. Thank you. Patty, tell us, why has the CDC decided to ban the import of dogs from 113 countries? Well, in the last 20, 21 years or so, 25 years, the whole global nature of pet travel has changed. You go back into the early 90s, people were not traveling with their pets. And the United States certainly wasn't importing more than a million dogs a year, which they are now. And by the way, that's an eighth of the entire marketplace. Wow. And so what we yeah, so what we have, um, the agencies that are in charge of keeping us healthy, keeping uh, animals out of the country that can pass on pathogens to people are dealing with, they have old, outdated laws to deal with. And uh, the laws that are on the books are easily gotten around because they are being overseen by three different agencies. There's, there's no consolidation. Okay, got that. Now, I, from reading some of the reports, um, there was a mention of fraud, especially on you know importing dogs. Talk about that a little bit, can you? Well, in order to come into the United States, at minimum, the dogs are supposed to have a health certificate that shows that they have been vaccinated for rabies. And the number of uh, falsifications that they've found in recent years, that is growing as exponentially as the number of dogs coming in the country themselves. And, um, you know, uh, people who are critics or say, don't worry about it. You know, we have rabies and raccoons and foxes and so on. There's a big difference here when people take animals into their home, when they adopt them from a shelter, when they take them from somebody who is a um, you know, rescue person, they expect that dog to be healthy. And if the dog acts a little jittery the first day or two, they're not going to put it in the same category they would if they were living sure. in an area where there's a lot of rabies. You know, one of the big cases I remember this year was in Chicago, some French bulldogs, which is, you know, is a very popular breed. And I remember this case specifically. So they imported the dogs into Chicago. But when the dogs got here, they were four months of age. The paperwork was very, very faulty. So do you think there's a lot of fraud or some fraud in importing a lot of these dogs? And that's one of the reasons why or a contributing factor to why this ban was put in place. Well, the falsification of rabies uh, vaccination papers is fraud. And uh, but one of the things that's really changed a lot in the last few years is that um, very often when the rescue groups bring the dogs in that are in, that have improper paperwork. Um, first of all, we don't have any kind of quarantine stations or, or there are very few uh -huh. quarantine stations around the country that are appropriate. We don't know what to do with them once they are here. And what happens then is that the rescuing group hire lawyers to make a determination that they can go ahead and keep them. Clearly, if health is the issue, uh, a lawsuit based on civil rights and such is, is uh, not the appropriate vehicle. So we need to rehash, we need to completely redo the laws that we have on the books right now. 
so that we can have a sensible policy that can be understood by all the agencies that have some um, aspect of enforcement. And that's, and that's the, the bigger problem is that you have three different agencies trying to enforce different sets of laws. In other words, and, and I hear quite often that people are upset with a particular agency. They shouldn't be. They have no statutory authority. Just the idea that people would begin to bring millions of dogs into the United States didn't dawn on anybody until recently. And so the laws are just not they're created for today. They're antiquated. Okay. Yeah, well, very antiquated. About, just, just give us a listing, Patty, of some of the countries that are involved. Who are the big ones? China would be one of the big ones. Mm -hmm. uh, North Korea. A lot of places in the Middle East where rabies is endemic, where in order for you to travel there, you, they recommend that you get a rabies shot yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there are a lot of, most of the countries in Africa, Many of the countries in South America, you know, the big countries, Brazil, Colombia, et cetera, ones whose names you'd recognize, they just have different pathogens there than we have in the United States. When you have garbage in the street, you have street dogs. And when you have street dogs living in that particular situation, they're living without vaccination and they're sure. living with it every kind of parasite and uh, there yeah. reservoirs for every kind of disease you can think of. So, you know, like you can use uh, India, for example, uh, in terms of dogs, because there's street dogs in, in India, a lot of street dogs in Egypt and rabies is really big in Egypt right now. One of the other countries we definitely want to mention is Russia. So we're still fighting on all fronts with China and Russia, it seems, yes. as well as some of the Middle Eastern countries. Patty, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's always having a pleasure having you on the show uh, because uh -huh. you offer so much years of experience and just the knowledge that kind of like puts everything together, why this ban is necessary in this particular well, case. So that's thank you. I, I'd love to talk again when the legislation is introduced and I can tell you what's in it. <laughs> right. I would love to have you back. Well, everyone, that was Patty Strand, the founder of the National Animal Interest Alliance. To learn more about Patty and her organization, visit NAIAonline.org. OK, everybody, that's a wrap. Hey, you know what? Time to wrap the show. It always goes too quickly. But before we go, I want to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week, we're going to talk about Shark Week, how puppies are born ready to socialize with humans, and how the companion dog is a model for human aging and morality. So special thanks to Dr. Uh, Kathy Gerken and Patty Strand. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Don't forget, if you buy EpiPet products using the Pet Buzz as your code, you'll receive 25% off on all the great products, including shampoos, skin and coat sprays, sunscreen, ear cleaner, and supplements for your dogs and cats. But if you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it next week on our show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast and Monday morning. Most importantly, remember we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. 
for the full-length, unedited video versions of all of our interviews, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel. You're listening to The Pet Buzz.